This is a HeadGum Podcast. Welcome back to the garage. Welcome back to the throwback podcast. My name is Dan Hansis and I'm joined as always. Who the fuck else would be with me? It's my bosom buddy, Bob Castrone. I'm the only one who's going to be with you forever. Forever. This is it. Eternity. Me and you in this garage listening to music from 10 to 25 years ago. <laughs> uh, my favorite tweet that I get uh, in my mentions connected to this podcast is oh i just love to hear the uncensored dan hansis people love the uncensored dan hansis <laughs> it's funny the magic of the f word has there been a comedy routine about this no nobody's ever really dove into this realm i really love carlin because <laughs> what george was able to do the seven dirty <laughs> words yeah, no, the uncensored Dan is also known as the, the Dan I've known my whole life, who says the F word freely, sometimes in front of kids, sometimes, sometimes. you know, in playgrounds, just yelling it out at strangers. Like that's all that's sor- definitely when I'm on PCP. Yes, that definitely tons happens. of PCP on this podcast. We just talked about it on my far more successful podcast a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the, uh, the episode of Nikki? Is that what you're talking about? No, no. This is unsuccessful, this podcast. Tonight's this is, episode is unsuccessful. But To quote our president, did, this is a failing podcast. Don't quote our president. To paraphrase our president. Don't, don't do that. Um, my successful podcast, we were talking about the insane bums in San Francisco. Just c- completely. Here's my full theory that I didn't feel comfortable sharing on uh, the National Football League's airways. This is good. I'm going to put this on the subreddit that get Dan's uncensored feelings about the bums in San Francisco. Because here is my real take. Okay. All right. So when we went to uh, Super Bowl 50, this was two years ago now almost. Uh, we you say, start- hold on. You say yeah. we like everybody knows. They, they, there could be a lot of my fans here on the podcast. Oh, right, right. Dan Tell your fans. The, Dan works for the NFL. So he goes to the Super Bowl. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so when we I'm glad your fans are aware now. Um, when we went to the Super Bowl uh, in San Francisco, there was a strain of homeless people that I've never seen before. And I, I've lived in New York. I've lived in Boston. I've lived in Los Angeles. I've been to other major U.S. cities. I've seen bums in all of them, but I've never seen. Can you say bums? Yeah, is well, bum still okay? Hell, if I if I decided to tell the uncensored story this on is this the podcast, uncensored Dan, yeah. And now so you're saying, wait, is bums politically correct? So not, maybe I shouldn't tell this. I'm story. not going to censor you, bro. Keep going. Are you okay with me saying bums, Bob? Is that insensitive? I'll I'll have to run it by a few people, but uh, right, I think I'm okay. How about vagrants? Vagrants. All right. Anyway, story is the bums were so um, violent and clearly psychologically damaged, right? that I came up with a theory that the government stay with me on this. Okay. I was so convinced that the bums, there was something else going on that I, I kind of think the government's testing um, some type of <clears throat> psychological psychopathic warfare, like nerve gas or whatever it is. And they pulled the homeless population of San Francisco into these labs injected them with the toxins and then released them back to San Francisco. And that's what 
people like me were are subjected to. It's Thoughts. definitely well. My first thought is, thank God you didn't share this on your other podcast because you need that. You need that insurance. You need that job. Need the guap too. Yeah. Don't yeah. ever. Don't ever share this on that one. That people. But more importantly, to. do you think it's possible that? The government in war tests has taken the homeless population of San Francisco, testing uh, nerve toxins on them and then releasing them into the public. And then the people of San Francisco have to deal with that. I don't know if it's possible or not, but I feel like you using this podcast to become the next Alex Jones mm. kind of makes sense to me. OK, so I want you to run with it and I'll support you. Thank you, Bob. And this all started because of my PCP usage. It made me think of the bums in San Francisco. Makes sense. And their violent tendencies. Tendencies. Anyway, all right. This is the uh, Throwback Podcast, and we, this, it's Libertines Week. Yeah, we're doing the Libertines. That's a little bit, maybe a surprise to some people. A surprise to probably most people here in America who have never heard of the Libertines. But uh, in that case, uh, pause this podcast. And uh, listen to the album we're going to talk about today, Up the Bracket. Or just like listen to it while we listen to it and then listen to it again afterwards without us talking over it. I liked my idea, which is they could do whatever they want. I'm listen not... to the po- listen to the album and then you don't even come back to this. Oh, just form it. Oh, opinion. you don't want them ever coming back. Nah, just just go. Just could go. they leave us five stars on iTunes before they go away forever? OK, they don't have to. They don't have to. Though. Yeah. OK. You don't have to listen to this show. That's I mean, they don't. That's very accurate. If my memory serves me, Bob, this is uh, this makes me think of 2005. No, you're way off. Is it way off? Way off. Is it four or three? Maybe it's two. Really? 2002. Wow. So for people that don't know the the Libertines, which, again, probably most people here in America, I, I think they're they're big. They were big. They're maybe still big overseas. They never really made too much of a dent here in the U.S. They kind of rode on the heels of the Strokes and the White Stripes. They were part of. They were the British Strokes when the Kings of Leon were the Southern Strokes. The Libertines were the Strokes from over there, and that was their nickname. Actually, we all who are the Strokes from over there. Yes, exactly. Good accent. And even when they were in England, they would say that, and people were like, "Wait, I'm confused." Now, where are you from? Are over, so are you from the United States? But yeah, they, I got you don't confusing. Maybe, that way? maybe that's why they weren't bigger. It was just that. a lot of confusion around how they sold themselves. Yeah. But we both fucking love this album, and yes. we're gonna listen to it again because that's what we want to do. And before we do that, so it came out in two thousand two. It came out in October two thousand two. Okay. Well, I feel like we really embraced it in 03. It feels like an 03 album then. Yeah, I mean, it came out late October. Yeah. Um. There was a lot of buzz if you were looking for new music around that time because of the whole the band. It's the the blank band kind mm. of phenomenon that was happening at the time. I think you, they were touring with The Vines. They did tour with The Vines. Uh, you probably just jumped onto them right away. But as far as like hits go, they never really had any hits over here. So I can't really tell you when most people found them or if anybody found them. Never really. They didn't. I've never heard. The only time I've ever heard The Libertines is on my like iPod or now Apple Music or like either at your apartment or house or my house or apartment. I've never heard it anywhere <laughs> it's else. Very specific. I know I feel like it was Where a- have you heard the Libertines other than your own home or maybe here? I mean probably mostly that. <laughs> but also like in various The download numbers like <laughs> a couple of jukeboxes <laughs> in uh, the Lower East Side back in 2002. Yeah. 
yeah, I mean, again, it wasn't big, but it was so good. And I think it is an important album, uh, especially over in the UK. But uh, shout out to the UK listeners. Yeah, this really is a shout out to because we get this one a lot. Actually, this has been one that's tweeted at us a few times. This is absolutely one of my favorite albums of uh, the aughts. Yes. Hands down. And it came out. So uh, in October of 2002, Bob, what was happening in America? Or the world? I don't know. No, let's stick with America because something really <laughs> fucking crazy was happening in America. In Lady Die. 2002. Nope. No. The 9-11. Bel- the, nope. Good no. good guess, though. I mean, terrible guess, <laughs> but good guess. The Beltway sniper attacks. Oh, the snipe. Began mm. in early October, concluding three weeks up. later. If you don't know what the Beltway Sniper is for our UK listeners, who are probably the only people listening to this wiki episode, it. wiki it. It was a crazy fucking time. It was pretty fucked up. I drove to DC during the Beltway Sniper attack. You want a fucking metal, Bob? I mean, I survived. <laughs> I do want a t-shirt that says, I survived the Beltway Sniper attack. No, I drove down there. That sounds like a t-shirt that would be sold on the Wildwood Boardwalk. It probably, for real. It probably was. My friend was having a Halloween party. And so I, you, you weighed the options and you say, I'm going to go to the Halloween party. I was like, I might look kind of hot in my costume, might yeah. be able to hook up. Yep. I'm going to drive into uh, into an area of the country where a dude is just shooting at people randomly at gas stations. Sniping people. Sniping people yeah. off just because like maybe I can get a hand job. Did you get a hand job at least? I got a hand job. Did you get sniped? Is that a metaphor? Well, no. Were you almost murdered? No, no, I survived. By an assassin? I survived, survived the sniper, survived, well the, survived the hand job. It was all worth it. Worth the move. Worth the move. Movies that came out that month. That's the only story I want to talk about. Oh, the other thing I want to say about the Beltway Sniper thing. They got to put out a movie about they, that. Well, they put out like a made-for-TV movie. No, I'm saying like a real deal Holyfield movie. Do you movie. remember who the star of the made-for-TV movie was? Michael B. Jordan. No, this way, way too. Uh, <laughs> but actually, it might have been. Maybe he played the younger one. Uh, Charles S. Dutton. The Rock? I think rock. 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 Not The Rock. Not The Rock. Before there was The Rock, there was just Rock. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, a middling sitcom. And he also was the um, the African-American groundskeeper in Rudy. Yes. Towson yeah. University alumni, Charles S. Dutton. Okay. Yes. Finally, movies that came out that month. He was also an African-American in Rock, by the way. Just to be clear. Okay. Movies that came out that month. Bowling for Columbine. Jackass the Movie. And one that I know Dan is going to be super excited about. Ooh. This one. <laughs> she sat in the bed and I played her a song I had written myself. Then segued into one by Counting Crows. Played it quietly, sang the lyrics slowly and softly. Brilliant. And she was so moved that she actually started to cry. I'm not ready for this sort of Brilliant. That is Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Nope. Oh, no, not Confessions. It's a similar title. It's Rules of Attraction. Rules of Attraction. I'll blame that that slip up on your vodka drink that you're having right now. Yeah, I'm drinking some Tito's. Um, and that was... Because I know it's one of your favorite movies. Or one of your favorite like movies of this era. My favorite lost movie yes, of yes. this uh, millennium is Rules of Attraction, which was an American Psycho. The American Psycho guy wrote that book i believe yes, yes oh you know what it was it was because it was. i believe the character is is patrick bateman's brother yes played by james vanderbeek yes and one of the great lost hotties 
I just said hotties. Hotties. Jesus Christ, what the fuck happened to me? You're an old man who says things like hotties. Um, Shannon Sossaman. Yes. What God. happened to Shannon Sossaman? She was perfect. She was... Bef- she was right up your alt-girl alley mm-hmm. in 2002. Yep. Shannon Sossaman. But yeah, um, Rules of Attraction. I don't know how it's aged, but it's kind of a funny, extremely dark comedy uh, about like prep school kids in mm-hmm. New England and drug use and sex. It was like the funny, cruel intentions. Yeah, I think. I think. And th- that's a good way to put it. And the use of Anna Begins there shows you whoever wrote the screenplay very sharp because that's a perfect like indictment of a rapey frat boy guy at a college <laughs> is to play Anna Begins on acoustic guitar. Uh, anything else, Bob? The number one song in America. Oh, this is my... Uh, this is what you do. Territory. Here we go. This is the time in popular culture history where it seemed like everyone in Destiny's Child was going to be okay. Not just Beyonce. <laughs> everyone was going to be successful. Yeah, it was all going to be okay for this. Because, of course, this is Kelly Rowland singing the hook on Dilemma uh, by Nelly. Have we done the song on the podcast before? Has Have we done been, a Nelly podcast yet? No, has this been the number one song for every episode we've ever done? I feel like this is always the number one song. Could be. Um, but no. Uh, by the way, Nelly wore the Band-Aid on his cheek because his brother was in prison. Did okay. you know that? I thought it was a pimple. Could have, been, could have been old crater face Nelly. Yeah. Old pizza face. Um, I wonder if that brother is still in prison. You got to look it up sometime. Yeah, wiki it. Wiki it. Uh, this is a big hit. This was a huge one, though. This was huge, yeah. This song does absolutely nothing for me. Yeah, uh, no, But I understand why it was popular. No memory is positive or negative about it. It's just a thing that existed that sounds like, again, every number one song we ever played. Right, I'm going to test your memory. Name a Nelly song besides Hot in Here, Country Grammar, or Dilemma. I'm just going to name Country Grammar. I knew you were going to say hot in here. Oh, yeah. ride, ride with me. All right. I was leaving that, that open for you. Thank you. That's, that was a great one. That was maybe my favorite Nelly song. That's on our spring bake, break mix uh, from Cancun. I probably put it on our spring break mix because I loved it. Uh, we have to do that podcast soon. We got to do our Cancun oh. mix 2001. We used to put together mixtapes and mix CDs for all our guy trips together, which is adorable. Yeah, but you say used to like we're not going to do it in six months when we go away together. Yeah, we're going to go to Vegas with our buddies uh, this spring, next spring, and we're going to do it again. You're right. Yeah. Uh, so that this that song, Ride With Me, not Dilemma. Dilemma. Right. But uh, yeah, Ride With Me is a banger. It That's was his banger. best song. Well, Hot in Here is pretty good, too. Yeah. Dilemma, not so much. All right, know. so best, there you go. Best of Nelly episode. I'd be down with that. <laughs> but I, do you think do you think his brother is? His brother's dead. Oh, I don't know that. No, I don't know that for a fact. I'm just making stuff up. 
if Nelly's brother is dead, please hit us up at ThrowbackBot on Twitter. Yes. Just what it is she does That was dark But it can't be hard for her To get a buzz Down in the street below Here's a drunken arcane descent So fucking happy already. I love this album and I love this song and I love the way it starts. The Libertines up the bracket. This is such a great way to start an album. Yeah, this is part. Oh, I love this part. Let's look. Um. So since most people don't know who the Libertines are. Two do it was a band, but there was two songwriters, two singers, two guitarists that kind of did half and half duty. Pete Doherty, yes, who was a super famous uh, singer songwriter, but also a tabloid fixture. And then his partner, what was the partner's name? Carl Barat or Barrett? I don't know. I've never said it out loud before. Just seen it written down. Why don't we just call him Carl for the rest of the podcast? This is a great name. Yeah. All right, so Pete Doherty and Carl uh, were the principal. Like, I, like how you make Carl, I like how you make Carl like three syllables. <laughs> Carl uh, were the titans of the group, and they were undoubtedly um, productive together in terms of creativity. But they also they made Liam and Noel look like fucking the best friends like that could ever exist in the world. Oh yeah, there were fist fights. I think Carl sued. Uh, Pete Doherty at some point. Pete Doherty like, robbed Pete Carl's Doherty apartment. Pete robbed his apartment. They lived together, but he robbed him. So then there was like a lawsuit, I think. I mean, I don't think he robbed. I don't think they were living together when he robbed well, him. Well, they, they had been living together. I don't know if they were living together. This was later. Okay. I think they were millionaires at this point. Uh, are they millionaires now? I don't know if they were Pete millionaires. Pete Doherty's. I think he's used. I can't. Is Pete Doherty alive? Still alive. Is Nelly's brother alive? TBD. Okay. But Pete Doherty's alive. He's still alive. Yeah. All right. And yeah, they were just very contentious, which is ultimately what broke the band up after their next album that came out after this one. But um, right. which hot take has the best Libertine song on it, an uneven follow up album. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. But that's my hot take. OK, that's like a warm, lukewarm take, I think. Really? Yeah. I mean, that because this is their kind of. Declaration, like if on their tombstone up the bracket's going to be on it, right? This isn't going to be like one of those Robbie Williams things where Up the Bracket was like the American Greatest Hits compilation. No, this, this is a real. Album. This was an actual album. Yeah. Anyway, Vertigo's great. A um, little and, disappointed it didn't start. Uno, dos, tres, catorce. I mean, that's the best song called named Vertigo. <laughs> but the, the Libertines did a great job. All right. Now, I believe, again... This is a fascinating album to talk about because it kind of exists in a bubble for me. I have no idea how it did in popular culture. Certainly, it didn't do anything in America, but it was a big hit, I believe, overseas. I think Death on the Stairs was a single. I don't know what the singles were. I have no idea. Okay, I will I will do some research okay. as we listen to the beginning of this. But I will tell you, this is maybe my favorite song on the album. It's a perfect song. Let's listen to it. 
Ready, Bob? No, I'm not. I mean, I guess we have to talk. Well, I like this part. Yeah, this part's great. If you really need it, you just won't leave it behind. Here it comes. This was the lead single. Only two singles on the whole album. And this is one of them. Uh, this is the opening single, released September 30th, 2002. Uh, and it's an awesome song. I love this part right here. Where the other singer comes in and just takes the next verse. Like, I love... Who, Carl? I think Carl. I just love the way Unless they... Unless this is Pete Doherty. I love the way they trade off the, the lines and the verses. And they just... It's sloppy, but it's together. It does, does that sound more like a Pete Doherty? It's a little more Petey. Shit, we don't know who's who. I don't know who's who. I never ah. have. I've listened to Baby Shambles. I've listened to Pete Doherty's solo stuff. I still don't know who's who. <laughs> When they're in the Libertines, they're just the Libertines to me. Um, the producer of this album, little backstory, uh, is Mick Jones of The Clash. Um, so, obviously, somebody saw something in these guys uh, before anybody knew who they were. And if you are a fan of The Strokes, like we were, guys in our early 20s that fell in love with The Strokes, and then hearing this is like, okay, this really is like... England strokes to us anyway from where we were we had Kings of Leon strokes Libertines it was all kind of in the same realm yeah. then in like the second tier was the hives and the vines let's go a couple more tiers down no, let's this, leave let's leave right, some tiers all right, hold on. Do, you know do, what we, I mean? do we have to really tier this alright all top right, tier top tier is strokes and white stripes I don't even put the strokes the strokes were bluesy they weren't kind of they were garagey, but they were. He was always more like Led Zeppelin, bluesy. Like what? The stripes. The white stripes. Got it. Okay, so okay, we don't have to include them because yeah, they're yeah. kind of their own thing. Okay, yeah. I, I get that. Strokes top tier. Yes. Second tier, Libertines, Kings of Leon. Yep, early Kings of Leon. People that don't know, Kings of Leon be, basically turned into a kind of an arena rock act. But if you listen to their first album or two, yeah. They were in this vein yeah. as well. All right. Third tier, Hives. Okay. We'll give them the third tier. Vines. Or, I, or I don't do, drop do them down. Drop them down to fourth yeah. tier? Okay. I'm okay with that. We'll put them p- tier four or five. Okay. And then below that tier, the Mooney Suzuki. <laughs> yes. That's who I was trying to think of. <laughs> I saw the Hives uh, play in Boston at the Roxy in 2002, and the Mooney Suzuki opened for them. I bet that was a lot of fun. It was a great fucking show. Yeah. And I bought a T-shirt that I have somewhere. I definitely can't fit into it anymore, but I definitely own it still. It was a red T-shirt, and it just said, The Hives are better than your favorite band. That's great. What a T-shirt. That's a great T-shirt. All right. I wish you still fit into it. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> I got a Peloton bike in here. 
Give me a chance. <laughs> All right, fine. All right, next track is Time for Heroes. Did you see the stylish kids in the riot? Shoveled up like monks at the night on fire. Wombles bleed, truncheons and shields. You know I cherish you, my love. But there's a rumor spread nasty disease around town. You cut on the houses with your trousers down. A head rush and in the bush. You know I cherish you, my love. This is my favorite song on the album. Really? Time for Heroes. It's so good. It's so, um, it's loose. It is joyful. It is, it's, uh, it's got a great melody. And it's just, it's just such a fun, it makes me think of being young and like listening to this in your apartment in the East Village and just, you know, it's, it's a perfect song. Yeah. So good, you know. Speaking of concerts and seeing these bands, you know, you and I came. We were supposed to see the Libertines in concert when they were. Oh yeah, what's, what's that story again? It's a sad story, but you know, sharing. sharing Did we see a WWF house show? We went to with like Axel, our, Jim Duggan like against Yokozuna. Well, this was 2002, so it oh. was. Uh, <laughs> it was. With I don't have any of the references. Late period Razor Ramon. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, no, uh, we had tickets to go see them. And uh, my grandmother died. Oh! So uh, we didn't go to the concert. And I way re- to go, Bob. Oh, come on. That's like a sad moment in my life. And you're, you're saying way to go, Bob, to me? Yeah, but in retrospect? She should have held on so we could have gone to the concert. I don't know what you're getting at. No, I mean, like, knowing Libertines well, I didn't at know that they were level, gonna, at that they stage were, of their career. We didn't know they were going to break up, like, nine months later. All right, so you're saying I should let you off the hook on I this? I feel like I should get off the hook for this one. All right, I'm going to do it. Well, well How you're, magnanimous of me. You're a big man. <laughs> what a big man. Not just because you can't fit into that shirt anymore. but <laughs> you're like you, man. You're like a good person. You don't understand the ravages of time, man. <laughs> um, that's right. It was on the follow-up album tour, right? I think so. It was this summer. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Wow. And then they broke up. That's a bummer. And then they got Where back. were they playing? Do you remember any other specifics? Probably a small venue. I can't imagine it was a big venue. Maybe Roseland. Oh, that would have been good. Roseland probably feels like the size of a place they would play in New York. I wonder if they ever played New York again. Probably not. But they're still together. Well, they're back together. Yeah, they got back together. Uh, they made an appearance in 2010. Then they uh, put out another album in 2014 or 15. Can I just say, though, that I have, like, maybe this is just speaks to more my life. I don't have any interest in seeing, like, a 40-year-old libertines. Because they kind of represent, like, youth to me. And we're allowed to get older, but the libertines need to stay where they are in 2003. I'm, a, I'm on board with that. I agree. I, I feel, feel like that's a little unfair to them. No, they should have stayed young forever. And they fucked it up by growing like we did. I don't know if they grew. They aged. And they grew. They're all 13 Oh, they're feet. fat? They can't fit into their clothes anymore? They can't fit anymore? into any clothes anymore. Disgusting. No, they were drug addicts. They're fine. They're skinny. I don't even know. You say that, but I think Carl no, was Carl okay. No, Carl was fine. Pete was the... Uh, Pete was the guy robbing flats and shit. And I think he's clean now, but, you know, who knows? 
I think also Pete was also into both crack and heroin, which feels like a double dip that you usually don't survive. He was also dating Kate Moss. Overrated. Him date what, Kate Moss? Yeah. As an entity? Yeah, as somebody that I would copulate with. Let's listen to this one. Okay. Boys in the band. Yeah, let's do this. Like you're handy in the fight. You're talking like it every night. Another great song. Another, I mean, we've said it every song so far. Like one of my favorites. Such like a specific memory just listening to this song. Uh, going back to my place in Brooklyn on the subway, where uh, the subway, when it went over the Manhattan Bridge, it would, uh, you'd like emerge from underground and you get to go over the river. And I just remember listening to this, staring out the window, and it just like this song immediately takes me back to like being on the subway. And it's like the perfect album to be walking around New York City to. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, you were in Brooklyn at the time when this came out. Yeah, and I, this makes me think of when you were living in Lower East Side. But that makes we're still, sense. We're still we were playing it. To yeah, we we're still this playing for this. a couple of years. Definitely. It kind of was in that. It was on that short list of. Albums that released between like 2000 and 2004. It's definitely on the short list of the top options of that era. Everything okay? You're fiddling with the. Well, you know, I just want to make sure your levels are good. My levels are good. It's, you know, we're good. We're good. Don't worry. I got this. Everybody needs to know that Bob's not only talent here, engineer. Engineer. All right. Bob, talent, engineer. Dan, talent, DJ, mm. and uh, drinker, drinker, boozer, guy who's gone from vodka to beer effortlessly. Hey, beer before liquor never. Fuck you. It's not true. I, ha- I had the saddest hangover last week. Oh, it was the saddest hangover. We had a. Uh, we had a uh, premiere. I went to a premiere for the thing I shot this summer called the fifth quarter check oh, it yeah. out now check oh, out go the ahead. fifth plug qu- that Bob. i'm gonna plug it go ahead the fifth quarter it's a web series that's on go 90 uh stars blake griffin uh judd hirsch uh joel Embiid, kenny main i mean we got all these athletes and comedians and it's a lot of fun um so we had this big little pre- asian dude from uh jimmy o yang from silicon valley yeah Jin yang. love that guy Jin yeah yang. so they were there in the first episode together uh, blake griffin and Jin yang called born to walk about competitive race walkers. It's like a 30 for 30 parody. Yeah, it's actually. So um, thank you, Dan. Thank you. So uh, we had a premiere for that. And I probably had four drinks because I wanted to be professional and not a drunk at this thing. Yep. And I was hungover for 36 hours. How is that possible? I have no idea. What were, what were your drinks? Bourbon and wine. And you only had four drinks? I don't know. I don't know if I only had four, but I I did not go hard, and I had a headache for the next day and a half. I'm going to call Things maybe are, something else. Was, I hope so. Did you not drink any water or anything that day? Probably not. I mean, I probably made some mistakes along the way, but yeah. it's something I could have gotten away with. Is in this the Bobcast Show Hydration Podcast? It's something I could have gotten away with in 2002 <laughs> when this album came out, but as a 37-year-old, 
just uh, killed me. So sad. By the way, the 2002 still doesn't. It's not passing the smell test. I think we discovered this. Discover this album later. Uh, maybe. I don't want to say maybe you did, but maybe you did. No. Because I know how I got into this album. How? Uh, I had a cool friend that I worked with who was like, like instead of pushing drugs on me, would push new music on me. And this was a That band. actually sounds worse than someone pushing drugs on you. I mean, he also pushed drugs on me. There's nothing worse than someone that's like <laughs> pushing music on you. It's just like, bro, give me a little space. But it was a welcome. It was a welcome push. And uh, no, he uh, gave me the single for uh, What a Waster, which was their first like double A-side single. And I was like, oh, I, I like these guys. So it must have been when this album came out. All right, we'll, we'll dig in on that. This is Radio America. It's kind of like a shambling acoustic, slow it down, reset, reset things, a little uh, palate cleanser. I like it. I like it. I thought you were going to call it mid-album filler. No. Good. I, I think it's... It has a place. It deserves to be there. It's just good. It's just good. Here, the next track, by the way, is Up the Bracket, which is... <laughs> Great way to start. Uh, this is another good song. Let's listen to it. Swords to shadow men on the violence road. Pay me for your address, though I was so bold. I said, You see these two cold fingers, these crooked fingers I show. You wait to me, no one didn't like that much, I can tell you. The sunshine, I wouldn't want to be in your shoes When you chase me up to bright sisters Call you to lift our sight and set the love But you're impossible I love that just like he's in world. I love the way it breaks down right there Yeah, that's so this good. is a great song They just do everything right Like they're able to be hard and sloppy But still like stop everything on a dime Bring it down yeah, I think in the same way, what makes the Strokes great, especially early Strokes, is that it feels kind of loose but tight at the same time. Libertines kind of nail that as well, which was kind of what that whole garage movement was about, was kind of, here's something super raw, but it's also kind of polished. And if you could find that balance... yeah. Finding the balance is tough. That's how you ended up with the vines. Not because of what may have been deal what what the lead singer might have been dealing with in terms of a hand dealt by the big guy upstairs. <laughs> Nothing Chrome, like that. Chromosomally, you mean? Yeah, man. It's just like you, everybody gets a hand dealt. Right. It's like, oh, this guy he can't he can't throw a football. This guy. Dan this is guy physically dealt by uh, Dan is mimicking that he's dealing cards right now. This everybody. guy over here. This guy has a tiny dick. <laughs> this guy over Why were you here. looking at me when you did that one? This guy is a rapist. Oh, this wow. guy over here. This guy doesn't get along with his mother. These are really just running the gamut. From and top uh, to <laughs> this guy over here, he's got everything. Hate that guy. Hate that guy. Wait, that's the guy you hate? There's like three guys that you... Uh... Oh, the rapist I fucking despise. Okay, good. But uh, the guy with the tiny dick, I don't hate. I just feel Why did you point him. to me when you said that? Because your dick is small. 
No, nah, it's not true at all. I, I've never seen your dick. Yeah, we've never seen each other's dicks. That's a great thing. Great you know thing why we friendship. haven't seen each other's dicks is because, um, well, first of all, we're not homosexuals. That fuck. Uh, <laughs> second, uh, we went to high school together, but there was no showering. Well, and I think for it's sports. I think it's bigger than that. Not not the dicks. I think it's that there are like two types of guy friends you have. It's like the guys that you see their dicks no matter what. See your dick friends. Yeah, there's like the dick friends. Share your dick friends. That whip out their dick whether you want to see it or even you don't want to ever see it. But there's, it's just out there. And then there's the friends that you never see their dicks. And we're friends that have never seen dicks. Wait, do you have friends that have seen your dick? No, I'm the guy that doesn't show my dick. But I have friends where I've seen their dick repeatedly. You don't Who have those are these friends? guys? They're like good guys. Like Johnny Wad? <laughs> no, they're just guys that like take their dick out to be funny. Those guys. Name one guy. Give me uh, a first name. Chris. All right, that didn't work. I'm sorry. It's well, too I, much of a random white name. It's a very random white name. No, they're just those. Alan. Oh, you've seen his dick? I didn't want to. He showed it to you? It, it's just out there sometimes. Okay. You've never seen another dude's dick? Like in a in a social? There was a guy at one of our parties on the Lower East Side that came out of the bathroom butt naked and walked around for like an hour. That was the gay bathhouse party no, you guys threw that a, I said, hey, I'm going to sit it out. We had a party. Send it to chicks. There was a guy I'm named. I'm going to stay in Hoboken There was a guy night. I worked with at VH1 <laughs> named Pat, and Pat thought it would be funny to come out butt naked and just hang around the party butt naked. Did it land? No, it did not go over well. It was a You know, very, in today's culture, he'd probably like get thrown in jail. He would it. get thrown in jail today. At the time, it was supposed to be funny. People just found it more off-putting than anything. And It was a good dick. I guess it wasn't a funny dick. Maybe if it was a funny dick, it would have been okay. A funny dick's either really small or large and flaccid. Or shoots confetti. Of course. Obvious. Obviously. Like a floppy penis is funny, too. Oh, yeah. I've never seen an erect dick. Yourself included? Never. <laughs> That's a I problem. I didn't know they did that. How do you have two kids? It's a, ma- it's a miracle. Um, anyway, this song is called the, the Boy Looked at Johnny. Maybe he's dick. I don't know. Could have been. It's good. This is kind of like an all all killer no filler album. It is. I agree. Uh, and it's a good one. And I don't want to short shrift that album because it's like oh, oh that song. It's like oh you guys are talking about like guys dicks the whole time. <laughs> but that just happens. Sometimes that happens on the show. <laughs> it's never happened until now. But you gotta you know from here on out it's gonna happen every episode. It's so like what I was excited. saying earlier where, when the big guy upstairs like starts dealing out hands. You know, sometimes on this show, a song will get. A, I feel like that's a, a real thing. Trip. Some guys just like whipping their dicks out to be funny, and you yes, just can't avoid it. I don't disagree. I okay. know. I know that that's a culture, especially <laughs> a, like lacrosse players that are predators, things, people like that. I just never hung out with guys that were dick guys, and I also, uh, and you could back this up in high school even though we had a gym with a full shower set up nobody ever used it ever. no one ever used it ever for whatever reason and thank I, god I would sit there for hours waiting for somebody to use it and nobody ever came in and used it thank god anyway this is begging uh, by the libertines up the bracket that's what we're talking about this one is actually pretty close to uh, MF 
I don't know because it still has like that energy to it. I get what you're saying. I can live without this one. It's not as memorable as the other ones. This part coming up though. All right. Good. Yeah. Certainly not a bad song. And so, you're right. I'm not going to hit it with MF or status. That's that you're again. You're a big man. Yeah. Good man. Solid man. Stop it. I will get into that hive shirt again. <laughs> uh, the penultimate track is the good old days. Let's listen to it. That's called bass, Bob. Oh, is that what that was? Yes. Let's listen. Spirit in her children's children's children it lives on. If you rush your faith in love and music, all the end won't be long. I don't really remember this one though. I remember it, but it is not one of the best songs on the album. Still don't want to say MF her. Because it's still just a good song. Maybe it's a little anniversary. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, it it also suffers because there's so much great material on this album that. Right. What do you expect? Yeah. This is their debut album. Let's lower our expectations a tad. Is there an album that you could think of in your life, Bob? That you could say, personally speaking, is. The big, your number one, M, no MFR, no mid album filler. I thought of one immediately. You did? Yes. What is it? For me personally? Yeah. Act Tongue Baby by U2 has no mid album filler. Straight track one to 12. Filler. No mid album filler. I could also say it The Joshua Tree, U2, one to 11. No mid album filler. Do you have something similar? I would I would agree with those two albums. Yeah, those are the two ones, two albums that have been made without any mid album. <laughs> I completely. Well, why don't you throw? Listen, you're now you're doing the thing where you're like a teenager in the '90s that doesn't want to open up. What about what about Time Out of Mind by Bob Dylan? <laughs> why do you bring that up so? <laughs> I don't even think I own that one. No, but a Dylan album, something you know, you know. No, because I, I want to get this right. I don't want to just throw out like an album and then be like, Trust oh. me, no one is documenting it. So if you, even if you're wrong. That's not true. Our, <laughs> our throwback <laughs> podcast Wikipedia page, they're on everything. Those guys are really sharp. Well, no, I think it's, I think it's just any album that you, is one of your favorite albums you're going to think doesn't have a bad song on it. Yeah, that's what I mean. So me just saying. Throw like, it out there. You just want me to say my favorite albums? That's not exciting. No. An album where there's not one that you skip. One song that you'll skip. That's I, I like putting you on the spot. Yeah, you you always do this where you ask me like a big, <laughs> a big question. But that one, this one's not as hard. Like I could also say, "What's the story, Morning Glory?" I don't skip no, I anything. Mean, to me, there's no mf on that album either. How about definitely maybe? Is there an mf for you on that? I don't know. All right. I, I really know. got you. 
I yeah, I don't, I don't like this question because I, I don't want to because I, I have to like go through every track in my head for every single one of these. What about albums. whatever and ever? Amen by Ben Folds Five. Good job getting the name right. I'm glad I, I watched <laughs> Did I get you. It? Yeah, I watched you as you struggled through that. <laughs> There's like smokes pouring out of my ears. <laughs> uh, probably his first album, probably the first Ben Folds Five album. The one with Uncle Walter on it. Yes, the one with Uncle Walter I'm on so it. I'm so plugged in on this BFF. You love. We have to do a Ben Folds Five podcast. Uh, is this it? I mean, there's there's probably Jesus. A... Why did it take so long for you to say is this Cause it? I was waiting until because I thought maybe there was another one. Because that one is, or when it started is kind of a. But that doesn't upper. belong there. It's supposed to be New York City cops. Yeah, we went over right. this on we the did. Strokes podcast. We absolutely did. All right, here's the final track on Up the Bracket, which comes very close to having no MFR. Uh, I get along. The final track uh, before the hidden tracks, I should say. so good how is this the final track you got me in the middle phase on a cop I was following the lines of new rivals they said something ain't quite right you got the devil on your side standing to your right come on Okay, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to bring it back up in a few seconds because okay. he does okay. my favorite thing where like he loses his shit a little bit when he gets into the next verse, and I love it when that happens. All right, tell me when to go up. Here he is. I just love songs that escalate, like as it's going, and you just like feel that they're into it. And I think this song does that really well, where as it goes on, you can just tell it's like more and more unglued. This is a great closer. It's a great album. It's a perfect album. It should have been more popular here, but also I get it. It is kind of. It is singularly too, British. A little too British? Is that what you're going to say? It might have been. In 2002, 2003, like... He's losing it. He's losing it. It's either Carl or uh, <laughs> Pete Garner. And a reminder, everybody, we got to pick one track from this album um, for our Spotify playlist. Uh... Bob, there are some other tracks, even though that is that is the 1 to 12 or whatever it was. There was an extra track called What a Waster. Which was their first single. Like it was part of their first single. It was an EP. EP, yeah. Uh, along with I Get Along, which we just heard, and uh, a track called Mayday, which is a one-minute track. But here is What a Waster. Uh, which is another Libertines classic. So it's a hidden track on this one.
dropping the C-bomb. Probably didn't help it get any play over here. No. Not, not many C-bomb doesn't songs. Doesn't fly, typically. Typically. Not even in 2002. You cannot say the C-word. No. But Uncensored Dan saying the C-word, that would be a big hit for the throwback. I'm not ready podcast. for the C-bomb. <laughs> it's not typically in my vocab. Uh, in Again, a big uh, spot, I could drop it, but... Well, you do yell at strangers when you're on PCB. Yes, yes, in San Francisco specifically. Yes. Anyway, this is another good one. It's so good. So this one, for the record, the reason, for instance, I know the song um, is that this album was re-released in September of 2003 uh, in the U.S. And it had this song as an additional track. So that and that makes sense. I feel like I discovered this album in 03 sometime. So probably I picked up the copy that they released with this song included on it. Heads uh, up. And your VH1 buddy might have exposed you to the EP. Probably. First. Yeah. But uh there you go. Um, the Libertines up the bracket. I want to play before we go, just because I said it earlier, um, that my favorite Libertine song is on their follow-up album, which is a little more hit or miss. Is that fair, Bob? I think it's fair. I think it's an album that if you listen to it again now, you'll probably enjoy more. I think with the expectations on it, it was maybe a little more hit or miss, but it's much more listenable years later. Plus, if you know their backstory, there was a lot of hardcore shit going down. Yes. Uh, with Pete Doherty's uh, drug problem, which is spiraling out of control. And him and Carl uh, were in such a bad place. Uh, and Pete Doherty literally robbed Carl's flat and, and did prison time over it. Yes. And I just looked this up. I didn't know this, but I was just curious before the podcast because I wanted to know more about that situation. So he robbed Carl's flat and in true like bosom buddy fashion, Bob, I would expect the same from you after all was said and done when Pete Doherty was let out of jail, Carl was waiting for him when the gates opened up to take him home. That's like a buddy (laughs) comedy. That's great. Uh, Anyway, here is my favorite um, Libertine song. Personally, Uh, it is track one on their follow up. The Libertines was a self-titled album released in 2004. It's called Can't Stand Me Now. First single off this album. Do we just want to roll this into the second Libertines album and just keep this podcast going? You want to do a double lib album? (laughs) Feels strong. That feels like a lot. All right, let's listen. Listen how perfect this song is. This is a perfect song. Shut me up. 
shattered the world, the world kicked back. I laugh fucking harder now. If you wanna try, if you wanna try, there's no worse you could do. We have to come in and talk at some point. This to me is like uh, you only live once with the strokes. Mm, where call. it's like they mastered their sound. They took the strokes right. to the third album for track one. This is like, okay, we figured out what we should sound like. Here it is. Right, they distilled it into like their perfect song. Yeah. Like the strokes. As uh, any real Strokes fan knows, including you, Bob, like uh, "You Only Live Once" was one of a song that was around before that first album even came out. I wonder if that's the same case with this. Who knows? But uh, the rest of this album, in my opinion, is not even close to that first album. But this song is as good as anything on the first album. In my opinion, it's their best song. But uh, if you've never heard the Libertines, give both albums a listen. There you go. There you go. And I don't know. Did you ever listen to the one they just put out? I did. Any any good? A few songs that kind of stick out, but it's... Uh, it's hard to capture lightning in the bottle. Yeah. Especially after you've been away. And their whole thing was like built around... Just being young and drunk and... Young and drunk and Punching things and well, throwing crack things. Well, crack and heroin. And doing some crack yeah. and heroin, just like we all used to do when we were young. All right, Bob. I love this album so much, uh, but... Uh, I know it's it's a very personal album to you as well. So this is one of those albums where I want to defer to you on the uh, Spotify playlist entry. And unless you really fuck it up, Bob, I am not going to get in your way because I'm probably going to like anything that you choose. What do you got? I mean, I can I can narrow it down very, very easily. How about I narrow it down and then you pick? OK, because to me, it's really between. Death on the Stairs, which my only reason I wouldn't put it on this playlist is I literally probably put it on every playlist I make that has mm-hmm. music like this. So um, I can move on from that. Time for Heroes, which you said was your favorite song on the album. Yep. Uh, Boys in the Band and I Get Along. I feel like those are the songs all that great. really all, all stand out to me that would kill our songs. kill on this playlist and just uh, give us the cred that we need overseas. Okay, um, we're never gonna get that cred because of uh, angels and Lifehouse, but <laughs> still, yeah, angel, I, mean, I think it's all angels. It's all that we have angels on here. If you're giving me four choices, I, I'm gonna go with Time for Heroes. I'm very happy with that. All right, good. So let's hang on. Listen, you know, we do our best to have a clean production. Remember, as I said earlier, Dan's the DJ. Yeah, I'm the DJ. Some, and in fact. If you're saying like, oh, wow, the production's pretty grit- good on this podcast, you know, do they have a producer? What's well, actually Bob. Oh, thanks, buddy. Bob's behind the scenes. He's doing a lot of editing. It's like, oh, yeah, but fuck Bob. What about just like the playing of the music during the show? Well, that's me. I'll be signing autographs after the show. All right. Just play the song and oh. get out of here. Let's go. You ready to go? Yeah, I'm done. We're out of beer. 
There's a beer right there for you. Oh, it's sitting right there the whole nope. time. You're, you pointed at an empty beer can. Really? Nice try. It's empty. That's Phil, Bob. Yeah, that's an empty beer. All, All right, right. Say goodbye. All right. The Throwback Podcast. You know what it's about. Uh, follow us on Twitter at ThrowbackPod. Uh, on Instagram at ThrowbackPod. And on iTunes, please leave us reviews and stars. That really helps the show in ways that I cannot share with you. It's secretive. <clears throat> Headgum and the Apple community would come after us hard if I told you why you need to do that. But if you could, that would be a huge lift to our show in terms of support. So please do that. Uh, we will be back next week. Tell your friends. Tell all of London to listen to the throwback pod. What about the rest of England? Nope. Is there more? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. <laughs> I don't I've know. never been there. Never been there. Uh, everyone in the UK that's listening, uh, tell your friends that this is a decent podcast. Until next week, the throwback podcast. That was a headgum podcast.